I know this guy. Oh, there he is. I know this kid. There he is. How Look you at you. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good. Am I late? Am I late to the party? No, no, no. I saw you join in early, and I was about to let you in, and then you you, you bailed on me. So. Oh, what? Like at eleven? I don't know. It was like let me. I don't know. It was like ten minutes ago or something. Oh, I was okay. here early. I was gonna let you in, and as I was about to click admit, you, you, you bailed. It was like all right, all right, all right. Screw it, him. It was probably the gatekeeper telling him, "No, you have to be there eleven thirty. Oh yeah. No extra time for Jeremy. He's not special. I was looking forward to this. I was told uh, it's Jeremy. I go. I know, I know Jeremy. I go. Okay. Perfect. See, yeah. you know, it makes it so much easier when you know the guy. <laughs> it's true. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Last time we spoke uh, voice to voice, I was sitting in a pizza shop in New York City with your manager. He, Mitch, and I we were having some pizza, and you FaceTimed in, and uh, you're like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" And you're like, "Oh, I'll let you guys enjoy your pizza." <laughs> That's right. But when is the last time we saw each other? Last time we saw each other was uh, that that must have been M three M three in like 2019 before uh, the pandemic and everything kicked off. I think so. Yeah, that was it. Was you guys and I think it was Dawkins on the same day or something like that. And uh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been watching you from afar. You're uh, you're doing well. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, we interact on Twitter all the time, so you know this is it's fun to see you know be face to face. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like being on a blind date, but not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, are, are you doing? Uh, are you doing a Nuno? Um, I, I want to try and get Nuno on. I haven't asked yet. I asked for you specifically because I've, you know, wanted to talk to you about this record. Look, listen. I'll be honest with you. Before we started, Nuno—he's stolen the press from from you. He's stolen the press uh, from everybody. I mean, his guitar solo. Everybody, everybody in the guitar community is freaking out. Nuno solo, Nuno, but nobody's talking about Gary's incredible vocal. Uh, so that's, that's what we're right. going to talk about. That's all right. Yeah, we can talk about that. But uh, no, I think it's awesome. I think he's he's blown away. The whole band's blown away by. Uh, the response to the song. Yeah. You know, it's great. I mean, we're, we're, we're proud of it, but we were like, our expectations have uh, exceeded. Yeah. You know? Well, look, let's get right into this. Their latest record, Six, is coming out on June 9th. You can pre-order it now wherever you get your music. The latest single, Rise, the music video already has over a million views on YouTube. It's blowing up around the world, blowing up the rock community. Welcome to the show, the <clears> one, <throat> the only, the mighty, Gary Sharon from Extreme. Uh, let me go get him. Yeah, is he, is he there? Is he ready? <laughs> yeah, oh, here. Great. Just First, went to the bathroom. I just want to start before we talk about this new stuff. So you got that Alice Cooper artwork in the back of you. Always there. I change records every once in a while, but yeah. So that's like a, that's an ever-changing little thing. You, you have one record for a couple of weeks, change it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's been there for a little while. Uh, from the inside, one of my favorites. Hey. Big, big Alice fan. The Coop, you can't go wrong, right? No. Was, was Alice a big influence on you coming up? He was my, uh, he introduced me to rock and roll. Uh, my first record was uh, uh, Alice Cooper Killers and School's Out. I was 11 years old and I never looked back. I remember being 11 or 12 uh, and the jukebox had 18 on it. I'm 18. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, what's it going to be like when I'm 18? That's wow. That's so far away. That's six years away. Oh, shit. Yeah. 18. Oh, Are you going to know what you want? <laughs> no, I still don't. Right. 
so look, uh, let's talk about this new music. I mean, the new record's coming out. It's called Six. You can pre-order it now. Uh, Rise, absolutely amazing. I mean, everybody's talking about Nuno and his guitar solo and the guitar work, but I got to tell you, Gary. I mean, your voice, your era. You'd been around. I mean. A lot of the guys these days, they can't sing anymore. Everybody needs the help. They need to rely on the tracks and this and that. And your voice, I mean, you've you've kept it going. I mean, like, what what's the secret there? Because you're sounding just as good as you did on, I mean, late 80s, early 90s, Gary. Oh, thank oh early, early 80s, Gary. Early you 90s. Know, I was going to say late 80s, early 90s. Well, you know, 70s, oh, no. Gary, high school, Gary. I, I can't refer to myself in the third person. I like, I like mid mid to late 2010s gary that was hey. a good, that was a good gary that's a good decade it's a good uh, era that was a good um i don't know we're fortunate you know uh I, I don't know about other bands but this band you know never got involved uh abuse you know abusing our health you know mm. try to keep try to keep in good shape i've been lucky uh believe it or not it was um it was after the punchline tour in 94 95 where I had a nodule and, um, and I got an operation and, uh, it actually, I came back from it with, uh, more of a range. So I think, wow. yeah. So that, that set me up for Van Halen. Cause I had to do the, I had to do the Sammy stuff. Cause, uh, um, a after that operation, my, my, my range grew. And then, um, when we did Sadaj the rock, I mean, I, I've recorded with Nuno throughout the years, but uh, he noticed that my range, I said, I said it was most likely, it was most likely uh, uh, Van, I attribute, I attribute those years with Van Halen as, as, um, as uh, stretching out my, my range because I had to do especially some of that Sammy stuff. It was either sink or swim. And it's funny before that, I was comfortable in my own range to sing other people's songs. The Dave, the Dave stuff was, I could handle. It was the Sammy stuff that I went, wow, I've never really tried, tried singing or going for it like that. So, yeah, you know, and it is a completely different range. I mean, if you're going to do running with the devil versus get higher and higher, like you have yeah. to get up there. It's, it's two totally different singers. Oh yeah. There were a couple, a couple nights on that tour. I, I would look at, uh, I look at Alex because uh, uh, it'd be before uh, before dreams, and I go, "Not tonight." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sharpie on the set list, no. Yeah, let's okay. I go, let's do beautiful girls. Okay, I can do that one. Yeah, there you go. It, it's it's funny you talk about that because it's like as a performer. I mean, at the end of the day, your voice is your instrument, and if your instrument isn't tuned properly, if it's not taken care of the way it's supposed to be, it's not going to perform. And allow you to use it the way it should be right so so was that is that a secret like what are some of your vocal secrets because for me as a radio performer I'll, I'll tell you what like i've had pretty good range for the last couple of years when i, I had a second bout of covid last summer and right. it completely ruined my voice i was seeing like a speech pathologist i don't have the range like my voice will just like start cracking one day the next day it's back to normal i don't drink anymore like that's helping it, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's funny. It's funny. You mentioned COVID cause I had it twice. Uh, uh, maybe, um, not, not, not a year ago, about eight months ago. And I had a lingering thing and I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh shit, man. It was, it was bothering my falsetto. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm cracking. And, yeah. and 
it, it subsided. But those things are scary. There's always an uncertainty, no matter how you prepare yourself as a singer. Um, every singer knows this. You, you step on stage, sometimes it's a crapshoot. You could feel good. The voice is open and you're hitting, you know, you're doing, you're warming up. You know, I used to be way more disciplined back in the day with all the scales. Now, now I'll, I'll uh, you know, warm up to Zach Brown or, you know, or, or whatever. Or right. uh, um, I'll just check it out. I'll, you know, I'll put a cheap tricks on, on just check where my voice is at. Do nothing crazy before the show. But then when you get on stage, the adrenaline, sometimes you're fatigued, sometimes you're dehydrated and uh, it's not there. And then you're like, okay, you know, so. Yeah. It happens to just make its way back. It's, it's such a weird thing though. Like, you know, for me, I'll be, I'll be doing a commercial and I'll just be cracking. And then like the next day I'll sound great. Like, well, can I redo that? Like, no, it's already running. <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, so, you, can't, you, can't, you can't change strings that's it that's it Nuno and Pat they're changing strings when they break I'm like I can't change this yeah yeah Nuno's like go out there do some banter I I gotta change my g-string yeah (laughs) (laughs) you just mentioned cheap trick and I remember when we first met we were talking about your love for cheap trick and I mean Robin Zander just one of the most underrated vocalists of all time I mean like talk about cheap trick a little bit and your fandom for those guys yeah yeah well, first, you know, Xander, Xander is God. Talk about a guy who has kept his voice. And uh, I've seen him a million times. Uh, you know, he opens up with uh, Can't Stop the Music. Uh, I, I've, you know, throughout the years, got to know the guys. And uh, I would ask him, you know, what do you do to warm up? And, and uh, I remember the first time I was in, in I think it was uh, years ago, House of Blues in L.A. And I was hanging hanging back with those guys. And uh, he's about to go on in 10 minutes and I'm looking at him, I'm going, aren't you gonna warm up? And he, he just did a shot, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, there's some guys that just have it. And his voice to, to the latest records, I'm a big, a big fan of the last couple of records, as good as any, any Cheap Trick record. Absolutely. And uh, you know, th- the initial Cheap Trick, uh, I can't pick a favorite. You know, they're, they're awesome in color. The first one, you know, heaven. Yeah. Um, I love next position, please. Uh, we got to play with them recently. Um, they always ask me to sing. I go, I go, Rick. I go, uh, I go, Rick. I go, every time I'm here, you don't have, to, I'm a fan. You don't have to ask me to sing. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm happy just to watch you guys, but. Uh, I jump at the chance to go up with those guys. Um, Rick's funny. Uh, Nuno hurt his hand uh, on a soldering iron. He was fixing. Uh, he was fixing uh, his guitar. Um, and See, he this is it... why you have tech. See, Nuno shouldn't be soldering anything with those well, hands. He, he actually was with a tech, and he left. <laughs> he, he left the soldering on a on a on a ca- on a cabinet, and Nuno oh. leaned back and 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 burnt his like three knuckles. Oh and man. I think it was his left hand. And uh, he's putting all this, you know, uh, balm on it. And uh, so uh, it's funny because Rick goes, yeah, I heard, uh, I heard Nuno uh, burnt his hand. I go, yeah, yeah, he's, he's having trouble. He goes, good, good. He's too good up there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's total Rick Nielsen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I remember I, I interviewed Steve Vai and I asked him, I was like, Steve, back in the day, you know, David Lee Roth had insurance on uh, what he called Little Elvis. Did you have insurance on your hands? And he was like, I wasn't privy to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love artists that, you know, wear their 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 influences on their sleeves. I mean, in the scene that you came up with, there, there must have been pressure to sound like the times. And I, I feel like extreme stuck to their guns and kept making extreme music. I mean, like, because you're, you're not a hair band. You're not a grunge band, like you're not Metallica, but you're not Poison, but you're not Motley Crue, but you're not Nirvana. Like Extreme is kind of like in its own little world, I find. And was there pressure from you know the labels back in the day to maybe sound like the Times? And you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I I always think Extreme is that middle child. Uh, you know, we're not the the baby of the family or the firstborn. We never quite fit. Yes, we came out of the, you know, so-called hair metal, but at, at the end of that run, our record came out in 89. It should have came out in 88, uh, delays, record companies, but it came out in 89. And uh, by, and we, we were fortunate to have success with pornography, but by, by 92 with Three Sides Every Story, uh, you know, the whole industry changed. Here comes Nirvana and Pearl Jam. So the whole, you know, everyone's looking that way. I didn't think we fit in with any of it. Um, I think we're, I think we're unique. Uh, uh, the bands we grew up on, they were certainly influenced us. You know, we've always said we were the bastard child, bastard children of, of, you know, Van Halen, Aerosmith and Queen. And uh, so we were, yeah, so, some of our stuff could, could land in that era. We were never, um, you know, we were never pressured because we were, we were, uh, we were pretty strong headed. We just put our head down three sides, every story. You know, we had a chance to record uh, at Abbey Road. We didn't care that, you know, the industry was turning to, you know, grunge. We were like, this is our shot at doing something, doing something epic in our catalog. So, and uh, I think we, you know, it's funny, um, some of the criticisms of, of Punchline where, oh, Extreme's trying to do a grunge thing. We, we just wanted to strip it down. Uh, we wanted to make a live Extreme record in the studio. So looking back on that record, we may have stripped it down too much. Lack of harmony that people know us for. Right. But, uh, you know, you look at Punchline you could take any of our songs and if you stripped it down, they would sound like punchline. They, I think punchline sounds the closest to what we sound live, mm. you know, adding more harmonies, you know? Well, I got to tell you, I mean, you listen to three sides and to me, I think that's one of the greatest sounding records of the nineties, like the production, the engineering, the mix, it's, it sounds so organic and like, as if you're in the room with the band mm. and I put that up there because it's, you listen to a lot of records these days and they sound dated and you know what the cannon I, i'm listen i'm the biggest def leppard fan and uh, mutt lang is like my idol and the the cannonball snare i'm yeah. all about it but you put that up against an album like three sides and it's like holy shit like this is a band firing on all cylinders and it sounds like the drums are right in front of me the vocal yeah, all, is right there all credit to nuno and bob st john um the that record aged well um i think our first record and some of porno is uh, dated in a sense of the production of the times. Mm -hmm. But 
here comes three sides and it was just, um, you know, the purity of the instruments. So, and it was recorded well yeah. and engineered well and, uh, and uh, it, it aged well. I can still listen to that record. It's tough to listen to the first Extreme record just because of the production. I'm yeah. a fan of some of the songs, but three sides. Well, look, I mean, that. everybody is going into the studio and reimagining the old catalog. I mean, David Coverdale just did it with the White Snake stuff. They updated it, changed up the drums, remixed it. You know, would you? Con- I mean, the band is still fantastic, and you're 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 still the band. Like, would you consider going in and maybe recutting a couple of those classic songs and you know re-releasing well, them? Recutting them or or remix? Oh, oh, what are, are they? Uh, are you saying Coverdale re? re-recorded those songs well, they re-recorded bits and pieces i mean derek sherini went in redid some keyboard parts oh, yeah, and yeah. joel hoaxer redid some guitars and the drums sound almost completely different because they're remixed but like, i'd like to do i'd like to do that to a few records yeah you know, uh production wise i i would do it to the first extreme record um that would be fun you know uh clearing up some of those dated uh sounds that we had because you you know if you strip that, you know, if you strip some of the, uh, uh, the verb and, yeah. you know, the, those production tricks back then. The you cannonball still, snare. Yeah, you, you got, you know, with some modern sound, that would, that would be great to hear. Yeah. Uh, Extreme's latest record, Six, coming out on June 9th. You can pre-order it now wherever you get your music. The latest single, Rise, so you can check out the music video. Great stuff on YouTube. Over a million views already. I mean, were, were you expecting mm. that? No. No. <laughs> you know. We're excited to put it out. Uh, um, we'll have a couple more. We'll have a couple more singles out before the record. So uh, Great. That's, com- that's coming soon. But we were um, uh, we hemmed and hawed on which which was the first song to release. It was between two of them, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to go with Rise. And I think we made the right choice. You know. Well, look, I mean, COVID hit, shut everything down. I mean, there were statements at the time that, you know, you had new music, but you weren't going to release it unless you could tour. I mean, at, while it was sitting on that hard drive, did you constantly go back and revisit it? Or is this the record oh, yeah. that's been done for like two years? Yeah, no, we revisited it. We re, uh, revi- revisited the uh, the sequence. Some of the songs fell by the wayside. Um, it wasn't a battle. It was just time goes on and you're like, ah, shit, uh, you know, you, you, you would, uh, you'd pull up a song that was off the record and you go, ah, I'd call up Nuno. I'm like, man, maybe this should be on. He's like, oh shit, I haven't heard that in a while. Okay. And then we got to pull something off. We, you know, it's been so long since we put out a record. There's no excuse. We could have put more songs on the record, but I think today's attention span is you know i i even think 12 songs is pushing it i liked you know the foo fighters their last record they put out nine songs um you know they're more consistent putting out music but and hopefully extreme will be now um um but yeah you know we revisited songs but we've been sitting on this for a little while yeah i mean look morgan wallen just put out his record and it's like 36 songs so (laughs) who's to say what the formula is right yeah, you're right. You're right. And and, it's, and who's to say that you can't release, uh, you know, add add a couple, not B-sides, but, you know, uh, deluxe edition digitally. Yeah. You know, you, you can do anything. You can put out, a, you can put out an EP. Yeah. You know, and, can, and look, 
at, at least you guys are making new music and putting new music out and keeping it fresh for the fans. I mean, there's band you could easily go out there and just you know tore off the catalog but i think as for fans i mean it it keeps me excited about the band that you're you're putting new stuff out as opposed to just relying on the hits i mean there's so many bands out there that just don't put out new music but every year they go out it's the same set list and And, and we've been and we've been guilty of that so we've been dying to put some new material and uh you know uh we're supposedly a heritage act and we play you know these one-off festivals and when you got an hour you can't, you know, you're almost, you're almost pressured into doing the music because it's not your audience. It's more of yeah. a general audience. So you, you got to do the decadence dance. Well, it's like almost like being on a car lot and you want to try and sell a car, right? So right. why not right. sneak some of that stuff in there? Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting you said that. I mean, you know, you, you do the shows with Joe Perry. I mean, Travis Judah, you've had other different projects and stuff. Like, and you just said, you know, hopefully Extreme will be putting out more music more frequently is, is it going to be extreme for you like you know full-time going forward or you still want to do the other projects oh no no absolutely i'm excited to do the uh the joe perry run that we're doing in a couple weeks uh hurt smiles we're sitting on some new music that's going to be coming out soon yeah. so uh um yeah i think again you know i think of mike portnoy with his 17 projects he keeps on putting out music yeah. so there's no rules and uh, I have some solo material that's more, uh, I wouldn't call it easy listening, but just a little left of center that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like Hurt Smile or, or uh, Extreme. And uh, in about four days, I'm doing uh, the Who tribute, my Slip Kid project with uh, Mark, yeah. who, who's in Hurt Smile. So uh, that keeps my chops up doing uh doing the daltry stuff you know hey you got to keep that voice in shape right yeah yeah <laughs> talking I mean, about joe perry i mean you've had the opportunity to work with some of the best guitarists ever i mean you got joe perry you got nuno Bancourt. we got to talk about eddie van halen i yeah. mean as a vocalist that does that push you to be a better singer uh uh just the and there's you know there's a hidden pressure of playing with these these icons i mean mm-hmm. um uh, you know, they're my heroes. So I try to keep my cool with Joe. I won't let him know it, but you know, when he says, okay, let's do, uh, uh, let's do licking a promise. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a 14 year old kid going, you're like, what? you know, that's, that's Joe Perry. I'm, I'm yeah, playing yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I remember funny. We, we were, we were rehearsing, uh, it was maybe 2018, we were in LA, we're rehearsing and we're, we just, he wants to do Pandora's box. And, uh, and, uh, so we all, we all ran through it and he forgot the, um, he forgot the, uh, the studio ending. He, and he's like, man, we never did that studio ending. We always did a different live ending. And here's uh, Rob, Robert DeLeo. He's playing bass and he's like, oh no, we, we got to do the studio ending. So here, we're, so we're playing him Aerosmith. I got it on my iPhone. I'm playing him, <laughs> playing him Pandora's box. He's listening. He goes, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So we we hashed out the arrangement. That's awesome. You're reteaching him his record. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we play. And I look at him. I go, Joe. I go, watching you do the end of uh, Pandora's box. You turned into the black and white cover. You know, I yes. get you in. So <laughs> that's uh, awesome. But, I mean, like- your question is. Uh, yeah, it never gets old. As far as being a, I just try to, I just try to, you know, 
you know, uh, whether it was whether it was Van Halen, you know, I would they they made me feel real comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was real comfortable. And uh, Eddie, you know, once you got in that circle and they accepted you, you know, rehearsals were were just fun. Yeah. You know. Well, let's let's talk about your time in Van Halen because I didn't want to make this whole interview about that. I mean, like you know, we're talking about sure. the record and stuff, but I mean, there's there's so much stuff since Eddie's passed and everything, and it's and it's so unfortunate. I mean, you know, the man's just an absolute legend, and the amount of stuff that's come out since, you know, like with the people just begging for interviews and trying to get the scoop and this and that. It's like I I've, I've just always wanted to talk to you genuinely, like as a fan, you know, about your time working in the band and your friendship with Edward. I mean, working with the man as opposed to all the rumors about the partying and everything that he was going through at the time. I mean, it must've been a real school of rock being in the studio with that man every day. Yeah, it was, it, it was so funny, um, you know, to summarize, you know, you get, you make me think there's so many stories. Uh, well, I want them all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have time. I, I will say that when I, and I've said this before, when I, when I joined the band, they did make me feel welcome. Uh, I remember that first day. All I knew, I knew Michael from the past. Mm. So I, I, I would look at him and, uh, you know, when we, when, when we went into 5150, it was in the afternoon, you know, you want to sing? I'm like, can I go to the bathroom? You know. Uh, right. uh, You're going to uh, hype yourself up in front of that mirror. Yeah, like- <laughs> and I, I remember, you know, uh, what do you want to do? I, I had to learn six songs. So I said, let's start with the Dave stuff. It's in the afternoon, my voice. And it was great. And, uh, and then we, then were we, they excited to play the Dave stuff again? Yeah. I think that they, I thought, uh, well, they gave me the songs. I, I forget. Um, obviously it was Panama. I don't know. I, uh, Somebody give me a doctor. No, no, it wasn't that. I pulled all that stuff out during rehearsal really oh yeah yeah they were no, ready we, to play the hits and you were like no i, I want to yeah. go deep actually in in rehearsal it was alex who said to me what well, so what do you want to do and i go well i want to do stuff that you guys haven't haven't done before because if anything's gonna if anything's gonna endear me to the van halen audience it would be old you know old material sammy for years only did you know three or four of the dave stuff and I understand that because they were peers, you know, but me coming in a little younger, uh, there was that separation, um, you know, grow, growing up in the Dave stuff, extreme doing their thing during the Sammy, Sammy era. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to me, it was, um, you know, what haven't you done? I knew what Sammy did and even, even a, a human's being, uh right that was something that i suggested and they were like well we never did that so uh i'm the one all that stuff and they got a kick out of it and actually they like joe perry they had to go back and listen to that stuff <laughs> so van so, halen had to go reback relearn van halen yeah and now again you know i was a kid in a candy store doing doing that material mm-hmm. and um and then at the end, you know, and then there was, when I left, uh, uh, I was out of touch with them, always, always remained friends with them. But with Van Halen, it's a very tight circle. So once I was out, 
we kept in touch for a few years, but then lost touch. I reached out to him in like 2015, uh, just out of the blue mm-hmm. uh, in, an e- in an email. And he, he responded right back. We immediately uh, hooked up next time I was in LA and it, we, we picked up where we left off. It was wonderful. It, it, was, it was great because if anything, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it was nice. It was nice to know that we picked up where we left. I, he was a, he was a brother to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we were very close those, those years. So, uh, you know, not to get into the, the, the end, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, that, that was sad. Right. Very sad. Well, it's nice to know that you reconnected towards the end and you were able to rekindle that friendship. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think everybody's kind of realizing it. Like, yeah, it's competitive and whatever, and everybody kind of has falling outs, but I think it's, you're bros and you, you had a relationship for quite some time. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's nice to reconnect with an ex like 10 years later and say, yeah. hey, how you been? And that's what it was. And, and that, that, that's what it was. We, we talked music and, you know, we brought up some old times. Uh, um, what was I going to say? Uh, I forgot. It'll come back to me. Um, yeah. But at the time, I mean, you know, when you were recording Van Halen 3 and that record, I mean, everybody talks about it today. Like, I'm, I'm such a fan of that album because it, to me, it sounds like Eddie, like to the core. Like, yeah. you know, all, all those songs and the guitar, like everybody talks about it as like almost being Ed's solo record in a way. But, so let me ask you, because I talked to Mikey about this and he sort of told me an answer. But I want to hear your answer. So how much of that album was actually like all Eddie, like Eddie on drums, on bass, on guitar, like how much of the record is Eddie performing? Uh, He did a few, he did a few drums uh, and bass. It it was a, it was a weird time when I came in there, there was, there was some dysfunction going, going on. Like Mikey said, I, I I think I heard your, um, your interview with him, or I read, read some things on, on three. Um, you know, when I look back on, I look back on three and I'm like, uh, my first thing is I wish that's one of, that's one of the records that should be remixed Mm. because I think it's a harsh record to listen to. I, I look back on it. Um, if, if the sounds were better, um, some of those songs, some of those songs would have been uh, received more, uh, received better. I agree. Because um, I think there's some great songs on that record. And as far as Eddie, it's not, it wasn't a solo record. I think it was, he was, um, I think our writing partnership was different than the other guys in the sense that I would, I would show him a lyric. It was the first time he would write to a lyric. He said oh, wow. he never did that. That's something me and Nuno did uh, forever. But that was something new for him, which inspired him in different directions. He would sit on a piano. Um, he would just, he had all this material that, yeah, I can only speak for myself. I think with, with uh, you know, the Sammy era, um, not that there was pressure from the record company. I think they did what they did, but they were, they knew who they were with, with me coming into the fold, we were discovering who we were. We were doing, you know, year to the day was something, something, you know, 
bluesy. Not that he didn't do anything bluesy, but I thought that was a little song like Once or From Afar. This shit was like from left field. And, you know, I approached, speaking of Alice Cooper, from afar, I approached that music. I go, oh, this is, this is something, this is like, uh, this is thematic. I, I can see Cooper doing something, you know, uh, or even Floyd. So I think he was free in the sense that uh, uh, he could try things different with me. And, and I wasn't, you know, here I, I'm the new kid. I'm the new kid coming in. Uh, I was almost a, a new toy for him. It's like, let me, let me show you this. And I'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure. You know, who was I to, who was I to say, you know, I'm, I, I'm in the presence of the uh, king here. Yeah. You know? And I think for him as well, it was like, you know, a fresh set of ears and like a new sort of person to come in and like, like a new lease on life almost in a sense, like, you know, somebody that could actually, you know, he could explore ideas with that wouldn't necessarily, you know, judge like, oh, that's not commercial sounding enough or this or that. It's like he could just be free to be Ed. Yeah, I think that was the case. And not to compare it to fair warning, but I think fair warning in the Dave era was was Eddie taking a little bit more control uh, and trying some different things. That record was darker and it was a little more elaborate, I think. Yeah. Um, and Three Sides, I think it was a, a new birth for him. Uh, I, you know, regardless of how it ended um, with the Sammy, with Sammy, I think uh, um, we hit it off, we hit it off uh, right away. And I saw, he was inspired. So he tried some things. Now in retrospect should have, uh, you know, Mike Post, great guy. Was he the right guy for that band? And if we had like a Fairburn uh, or someone there, could that record have been kept on the tracks a bit more and not been so eclectic? You know, for me, coming out of Extreme, that was Extreme. Extreme was always that. Uh, so, so to do different things, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to say no. But in retrospect, you know, maybe, uh, maybe if there was a different producer, um, it might have been more in that in that strike zone would have been more focused and production wise. Yeah. It just would have been more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Ed's not here anymore, unfortunately. And like, you know, Mikey just did an interview recently where he's talking about how a lot of the songs for the follow-up record were really, really good. Mm. So now is, is there any truth to this? I mean, is, is there a second Van Halen three sitting in the vault somewhere? Like how much stuff did you guys write and record? Now, th- now that that's funny because if, if, uh, it, at this point, it would never live up to the hype. So, um, but it yeah. exists. Oh, it exists. Yeah, yeah. There's some demo. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of music uh, in in different uh, degrees of being finished. Sometimes it was just a riff, a drum machine, and a and a rough vocal. Mm-hmm. And then there was, uh, you know, we work with Patrick Leonard for a couple songs um, wow. uh, that, that were finished. And then other songs, uh, uh, Alex and Michael, we, we, we would jam, we would jam in, uh, there's one song that's funny. Uh, I think the working title was Rivers Wide. And I think a piece of, 
piece of music didn't make it on a different kind of truth. Mm. There's a couple, there's a couple of uh, pieces of music on, on the last VH record that were demos that, uh, uh, that I did with uh, VH at that time. Wow. Um, that, uh, you know, again, there's a part of me would love, love some of that stuff to see the light of day. Uh, just, just to go, uh, just to go, Hey man, there, there was, uh, actually it was better than the, it was better than the, uh, VH3. I think, mm -hmm. I think it was a combination of, you know, V I've always said, you know, I came into the band and we recorded the record. It would have been great if I came into the band and toured with the band and did, did both catalogs, the Dave and Sammy, and then come back because when after that tour, we were a band. You know, uh, we we sang we sang the the VH3 songs better. So when we were go, we were doing those demos, uh, you know, I think it was more focused. And and maybe maybe subliminally it was because of the reception of the record and we we wanted to make something a little bit more down the strike zone. Right. So how many songs do you think are sitting around like that you completed? Oh, I can't give you that information. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, they're probably never going to come out. Maybe they will, you know, 10 years from now when they finally remaster everything and some bonus tracks. But it's like, I, and I hate them like fans that, you know, they're going to hear this. They're going to feel like, oh, we got to get those songs. Or, But it's like. Well, that's why I don't, that's why I don't like to talk much about it because yeah I, I never want to exploit that no. uh, that's that story's been out there's material um uh you know again again i i, I hold that period of time with reverence and, yeah you know eddie's past um I, i'm reluctant to speak about it because it's it's a headline that's if i it. do if i do a if i do an interview about uh you know, extreme or whether it was hurt smile. And they asked me one question about Van Halen. That's the, that's the subject. Yeah. You know? And then blabbermouth goes and spins the headline and then everybody right. looks terrible. Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, maybe, maybe someday. Did you ever take any of those ideas you had with Van Halen and turn them into extreme songs over the years? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually a lot of, a, a lot of the lyrics, a lot of the rough, demos i think i did a tribe of judah record uh, in 2002 or something um took some of those lyrics and uh um yeah but there's you know some of that some of that stuff is have uh, has been sitting in sitting on my computer right here i'll play you one right now no. let's hear it going off the air we'll be right back everybody with my mouth on the floor <laughs> I got a few on my phone. Next time I see you, I'll play you something. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. Love it. When, when's the, here's like an out of field question. When was the last time you recorded a vocal for Eddie Van Halen? Like once you reconnected back in 2015 or whatever it was. Oh, you're, you guys, you're, you're smart. Did, did you guys ever, you know, get together in the studio and cut some stuff right together? Well, where, where's this question come from? Just, you, I'm just curious because, you know. Two musicians that used to work together get together and for a hang. Something's going to come out of it. That's just the artist in you. Yeah, uh, well, um, 
it was uh, it was one of the times I was I was up there, and I uh, I um, I I had a I I don't know I was cleaning out my uh, cleaning out my closet, and I had a bunch there's a bunch of CDs, and I found a, I completely forgot about it. It was a it was a demo at that time and it actually it was one of the maybe not the first thing he showed me but we were you know we were at three or four songs into it um he played me this thing that that was a working title called four on the floor it was a driving kind of zz top classic almost uh you know got had a little panama in it right i was gonna say it's got like maybe like a 1984 era kind of vibe yeah i don't know when i think he wrote it in the sammy era but um it was sitting there and i'm looking at what the what the hell is this and i pulled the cd out and i played it and this is um i i saw um i saw him uh maybe a few months before i don't know when i wrote it actually i wrote it later um but i pulled it out and um there was actually two songs and uh I just wrote to them, and and when I when I reconnected with them, I played him one of them, and uh, and he dug it, and uh, I said, "There's here's another one." It was the four on the floor one. I go, I'm, "I think I want to write to this," and he goes, "Oh, send me that." I'm playing this song to him. He had no recollection of it. He had wow, no he didn't remember writing it. No, no, and uh, so. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't either. Uh, I didn't even. I, I don't even remember. You know, th- that's how. That's how much material he had, and uh, yeah. that we. You know, we shelved it. I think we shelved it because he came up with something else, and we were hot on that. And I had a lyric for it, and we wrote that. And we never got back to it. So here's what 25, 25 years later. Yeah. Oh well, well, it was about. I don't know, twenty at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was, so there's a, so when you, your question, did we write anything indirectly, indirectly? Yeah. I wrote to something recently. It was just for, it was just for fun. Yeah. Um, but I did play it for him and uh, he liked it. So that's all that matters to me. Listen on the next extreme record, you got to get Nuno to do his best Eddie impression and just try and, you know, use that riff, use that song. That's funny. Credit Ed, uh, we're done. To, to me all to me all that stuff is sacred ground you know? absolutely yeah you know? so uh again who knows who knows right i have to talk to alex he's the boss yeah have you spoken to alex at all lately or no no i haven't one of the guys i see michael i i keep in touch with mike mm-hmm. um no and that's for no other reason you know he's he's mr aloof you yeah. know and he, hey. I, I about, you know, he's one of those guys, uh, you know, rare interviews, rarely you see him. And, uh, yeah, he keeps, he, he, uh, he, he keeps that. The distance. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, he's I, earned it. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. he doesn't need to do interviews. He doesn't do, he's worked his, he did his time. He's, he's good. All he has to say is, all he has to do is play the music. That's, that's, that's him speaking. Yeah. You know? And you know what? That's that's a good way to look at it. 
play the music, let the music do the talking. Yeah. And at the end of the day, all these interviews, even the, the stuff we're doing, the only thing that's going to last, I remember, you know, when I, I, a big stones fan and all the, yeah, or the, or a who fan, you hear all the, all the stories, all the backstage stories, the hotel stories, you know, or, or whatever, you know, pissing on airplanes and, yeah. and all that stuff. All that people sh- orgies doing blow yeah. off asses. And, all know. that shit goes by the wayside. All you have is, all you have is the record records. All you have is the music. That's, that's the legacy. And, and at the end of the day, that's with extreme too. Um, it's the music, you know, these, all this stuff is going to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, um, we went way over the time we were supposed to, uh, this is, this has been awesome. Uh, extremes latest record six coming out on June 9th. You could pre-order it now, wherever you get your music. Are you doing the vinyls, the CDs, the whole thing? The vinyls, uh, it's coming out what June, uh, June 9th or June June 9th. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, we'll have a couple more videos out singles out before that, uh, at least, at least three, maybe four. Um, we're excited. I think the record will not disappoint. Of course, it took us 15 years. We wanted to break the uh, Chinese democracy. Uh, <laughs> wanted to break so, the record with your record. <laughs> yeah, we broke that record. But uh, um, I think we're, I think we're going to please the extreme fans and actually make some new fans. It's it's funny. I'm seeing all the reaction videos. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of younger fans that they're like, Extreme has a new single out, Rise. Um, I never heard of this band. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, it's, it's amazing how this day and age, like social media, it'll just put you in front of a whole new audience, you know? Yeah, which is great. Which is great, man. Jeremy, yeah. it's good. Uh, I'm a fan of you. You're, you're a great musician in your own right. And uh, Thank keep, you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watch you from afar. Well, you know. I appreciate that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I uh, love connecting with you on socials. You're one of my favorite singers of all time. I'm a fan, as you can tell. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. The, the love and respect is mutual. So there yeah. you go. You, Gary, you've said it all. You've said it all. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk again. Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good work, brother. And I'll see you on the road. An all-new episode of The Jeremy White Show, Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it.